get used to the mantra, all gas, no brake. We're gonna find passionate people that love the game of football, that they hate losing more than they love winning. Eight days away, eight long days away from the long-awaited NFL draft for Jets Nation. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Jets Way podcast. It's Jake, Sean, Lorenzo. Needless to say, uh, tonight, the forefront of our agenda is the NFL draft, which I mentioned is just right around the corner. We've been talking about this for what appears to be like since week one of last year. <laughs> it's finally here. It's finally about to approach us, and I, I can't wait. And I know you guys are fired up for the show tonight. So before we get into all of that business, what's going on, my guys? I'm good. I hope you guys are good. Uh, we're almost there, man. We've been talking about this for a while. I can't wait to talk about the picks we actually make. I'm very excited. I'm excited as well. Can't wait to uh, see who we select, you know, start watching some YouTube highlight tapes and all that nonsense. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. No matter what, we will talk ourselves into whoever the Jets take. Indeed. It doesn't. Absolutely. It does not matter. Joe Douglas is the greatest. He's the Messiah, the Savior, all the above. We will find a way. We did it last year, except for James Morgan. There was no, no convincing ourselves of that pick. That was just a total head scratcher. So outside of that, outside of a, a, a second quarterback drafted this year, I think it's safe to say, Jet fans, uh, including us, will find a way to justify all of their selections. So um, before we get into uh, our exercise for later on in the show, we'll get to that um, in just a moment. A little bit of news and notes this week. So uh, just on Sunday, ESPN's Rich Samini, who covers the Jets, came out with a report saying that uh, Richard Sherman and Robert Sala have been linked to a possible reunion. Robert Sala would like to reunite with Richard Sherman, who we coached with the San Francisco 49ers the last two years as his defensive coordinator. Very interesting report. Uh, not much of a market appears to be for Sherman right now from all intents and purposes. So what do you guys make of that report? Would you take Sherman? Do you think Sherman could have an interest in coming here? Take us through all that. Yeah, I would absolutely take Sherman. Um, who knows about his interest? I mean, that's a good sign for sure. We have a very inexperienced and young cornerback room so I would take him with open arms and we talked at great lengths uh at great lengths of in how much of need we are at quarterbacks and a veteran a veteran presence like him you can't you can't say no to yeah no definitely agree there um I think the only thing I would be hesitant is just to overpay you know you don't want to give him some outrageous contract just to kind of try to get him over here because we need a cornerback um, you know, I don't want to do anything like that, but, um, yeah, veteran presence in the, lock, in the locker room, as well as the cornerback group. Um, obviously he, he knows Salah's defense. So that's, that's a plus as well. Um, and yeah, I would definitely take him with open arms. Yeah. To me, uh, a lot is interesting about that report. Um, just to go off of what you said though, with the overpaying, it's kind of tough to overpay around this time of year because it's like, Hey, if you're not going to use the salary cap space on other areas of need, you mm -hmm. might as well get another guy in here to impact us in some capacity this year. So yes and no to that. I don't think Sherman's getting that uh, multi-year guaranteed deal. I feel like it would be kind of a deal where, hey, maybe there's an out after a year, maybe two if you want him that badly. So 
I don't know if that's the biggest concern, but to me, it's, does he really want to come here? Because he's a West coast guy. He's, I think he's 33 now. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he probably wants to win. The only way I could maybe see him come here is if there's just really no other offer for him. Like if, let's just say who's a, con- a contending team let's say um let's say the Chiefs offer him a one year on the veterans minimum or something like that or just absolute pennies maybe if he wants to make a little bit more money or in this case it would probably be a lot more money if he's coming to a rebuilding team like the Jets and he knows that hey my time in the NFL is coming to an end maybe I could uh, pay it forward to a coach that made a big impact in my career and Robert Sala maybe absolutely uh anything can happen but he wants to make the switch to free safety and again I talked about the other two factors I just don't really see it adding up and I don't think he's going to be cheap and we saw the Jets kind of pinch pennies at points this offseason I know fans don't want to acknowledge that but they've been hesitant to make more of a commitment to guys financially that are more, more towards the end of their careers like Corey Davis and Carl Lawson you give them plenty of guaranteed money in the prime of their careers players on the rise I get it so I just don't really see the fit. And um, before you guys could respond, why aren't we more in on Steven Nelson than Richard Sherman? Coming off of a career year in the prime of his career, it's very odd to me how we're linked to Sherman where Steven Nelson kind of fits that mold that we've gone after this offseason. I don't know. It's just my perspective on things. Yeah, I yeah. definitely agree. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I would love to have Steven Nelson. I think just in terms of Sherman – if nobody else is offering him, you know, a better contract or a better deal or a better situation, you know, why would we want him then if no, no other team wants him? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, yeah. I could see that. But at the same time, it could be – it could be, he does have a big personality. Listen, he, he comes in – he comes from the Seattle culture where it's very different than other cultures. You know, he's more of an outspoken player. Maybe teams don't want – another personality in their locker room if they already have a winning team, if that makes sense, because they're not really looking for an – they don't need Richard Sherman coming in there and, you know, telling guys that are accomplished players what to do. The Jets, they're still learning how to win and still learning the way of being a pro. So you get what I'm saying there? Maybe mm-hmm. that could be the reason why nobody wants him or if that were the case. Yeah, the fact that he's still out there, Sherman, like, makes me think it's way more possible because early in the offseason I was like, no way, like, why would he come here? West Coast guy, like you said, but if he's still out there, I mean, I think it's definitely possible. And with Nelson, too, I mean, our group is so bad with cornerbacks, you just have to welcome both of them, honestly. And to be honest with you, uh, before we move on to more news and notes, it would give us a lot more flexibility in the draft if they went out there and signed Richard Sherman. And personally, I would rather have Steven Nelson, but one of those guys to where, hey, we're sitting at pick number 23 don't love Greg Newsom too much. We don't have to reach on him. We could add another offensive lineman, another piece for the offense, maybe another pass rusher if that's the way you want to go. So we don't have to sit there and reach for a corner and be stressed out about that to where, okay, we got a cornerback. We can cross that off the list. No, you can maybe take a guy in the mid rounds. Um, if you sign a guy like Richard Sherman or hopefully a Steven Nelson's. For sure. So anyway, um, Before we get into more draft-oriented talk, I have something that I want to get off my chest and that really irked me today. And I can't even believe we're giving this guy the time of day, but here we are. But Colin Cowherd 
of Fox Sports, who does a great job of getting people to talk about him. That's his job at the end of the day. Said that Zach Wilson has the most bust potential in this draft. I believe he said he has 15% chance of hitting. The reasons are just completely ridiculous. It's the typical LOL Jets. Robert Sala, who everybody coveted as this great coaching candidate this whole offseason. Oh, he's a rookie coach. He doesn't have he doesn't have a great shot of succeeding. But what does that mean? Just because he's a first time hit, that's ridiculous. What does Rob Sala and Joe Douglas have to do with the Jets' past failures? It's a dysfunctional organization, he says. Okay, what, is, what does that do with Sala and Douglas? So maybe one of you guys could give me some more clarity there because I don't get what he's saying. Um, Colin Coward is an entertainer, you know what I'm saying? He's not offering any football expertise, really for any sport, honestly. He's just an entertainer that's on TV that wants to get people riled up. So the fact he's off of Zach Wilson makes me more confident. So I'm ready to go, man. I just thought it was interesting why that segment even took place before the draft. Like, you don't know the whole team. You know what I'm saying? You don't know which quarterback is going where. So I was just kind of confused on how he can call people a bust where he doesn't even know. Hasn't even seen them practice yet. Hasn't even seen them play yet. You know, hasn't even, you know, taken his, you know, the, the <laughs> anything yet. But I don't understand how, you know, you can have that segment call people a bust where you don't even know what's going to happen in the next couple of days. And that's a great point because, listen, I could sit here and say I have my doubts about Trey Lance and Justin Fields all I want, but if one of them gets drafted to the San Francisco 49ers, they absolutely have a shot as opposed to if mm-hmm. they get drafted to, let's just, Denver Broncos, somebody like that, where they don't have the offensive mind of Kyle Shanahan and the player development that obviously the 49ers do. That definitely matters. So he's just looking for clicks. He knows the Jet fan base is just starving for a winner, and he knows he would get a reaction out of that rather than saying, hey, Zach Wilson's going to be great. He's not getting a reaction from Jet fans, if that's the case. So you're 100% right there. Before we move on, I would just like to – if you know me well, <laughs> you know I like to research, and I like to do something called receipt digging. So I went back on Mr. Coward a little bit on his uh, – because he knows so much about quarterbacks and what it takes to play quarterback in the National Football League. In the 2018 draft, gentlemen – who do you think the two quarterbacks were that he said – I tweeted this on our Twitter page, too, for um, our listeners that follow us on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw it, too. But in the can-win-now category of 2018, this was the Mayfield, Darnold, uh, Allen, Jet. you guys get that draft class. Mm-hmm. Two quarterbacks he said can win right now before they were even drafted. Who do you think he said? One was definitely Sam because he loves him himself, some Sam. Sam is one of them. And – I'm going to say Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Do you know what his reasoning was for Josh Rosen being a quarterback that can win now? I would love to hear it. He throws a good NFL ball. <laughs> is that – Dude. Dude, I mean – Who watches this guy? It's, this is incredible. But this is what he wants us to do. But we're, gonna just, we're just going to do it anyway. <laughs> and then can win – this one's actually kind of accurate. We can't kill Colin there. He said can win with help. Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is kind of accurate. Yeah. And then this one is the best. <laughs> I sw- I'm telling you, this isn't a joke. Can't win early. Lamar. Lamar, Lamar. Jackson and Josh yeah. Allen. And Josh the two Allen. quarterbacks <laughs> that have won the most early. So this Incredible. is ex- th- this is who we should be taking seriously. And uh before we move on, some <laughs> some even some 
better takes here. When Kyler Murray was coming out of college, his exact quote was, I wouldn't draft Kyler Murray, you know, in parentheses, however you want to describe that. They already have a quarterback, Josh Rosen. How do you think that would have worked out for the Cardinals if they would have stuck with Josh Rosen and let Kyler Murray go to another team? Probably the San Francisco 49ers right behind them. Eh, maybe not at the time with Garoppolo. Yeah. He probably but, went to the Giants. Yeah. Or a team probably would have jumped. Yeah. But man, imagine if San Francisco traded out at two and then oh yeah, if only then you know Bosa was in there for us. <laughs> um another another great one. I don't want to give him too much time, but it's just absolutely hysterical. When talking about Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton this year, he said the gap between Dak and Andy Dalton, quote, isn't massive. <laughs> I, I I would say it was pretty massive this year. Yeah, just, huge. Just yikes. Just yikes. <laughs> and and last but not least, when comparing Carson Wentz, he said the high end of him was Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Carson Wentz, you know, the guy that just got traded, <laughs> get lost from Philadelphia, him. What a Un- guy. Unreal. Yeah. So, Jet fans, don't feel defeated. We – Believe it or not, this is a great sign for us that Zach Wilson could be an all-pro, the guy we've always wanted, and we have nobody to thank but Colin Coward. All we need next, all we need is just one more person to come out and say Zach Wilson would be a bust. Who do you think that is? Mike Mike Francesa. Francesa. (laughs) (laughs) That's all we need. So, Mike, please, somebody get his attention. Please come out and say Zach Wilson will be a bust and will be a mistake for the Jets. That's just all I need to see to be all in yeah. on Zach Wilson if I'm not already all in already. And I remember Mike vividly saying, Sam Donald's going to be a star in this town. <laughs> vividly. I remember him saying that. Yeah. Because, you know, no. on, the, on, the, on the city. That's what King he said. Mush, man. We should have known. We really, we really should have known <laughs> then. But we were, we were yeah. blinded by love, and that's what love does to you. Yeah. All right, boys, it's exercise time. So um, a little exercise that uh, we came up with for tonight is the fir- the Jets obviously have two picks in the first round, the second overall pick, 23rd overall pick, and then the second pick in the second round, the 34th overall pick. So obviously, whether you like it or not, Zach Wilson is the Jets pick at number two. There is no denying that. Minus 3,000 odds on DraftKings and FanDuel. It's going to be Zach Wilson, okay? So we will omit him for the start. But for the next two picks, each one of us will come up with a start. And if one person on this show uses player X, nobody else could use that player again. So we have have three different starts we are drafting. And as soon as they are... Draft it up, and we decide on our uh, three possible starts. I will tweet them out on our Twitter page for our listeners and followers to vote on to see which one they thought was the best. Let the people speak. Fair enough? Fair. Fair. All right. So, Mr. Lorenzo Lagaris, you will be our starter here. Give us your first three picks with Zach Wilson going number two. Zach Wilson at number two. Got a little quarterback situation 
figured out. Um, at 23, we're going to pair him up with the center of the future, Creed Humphrey. Um, you know, pair that duo up for hopefully 10 years to come. And at 34, I'm going Travis Etienne from Clemson. Wow. I feel like we have to discuss that before we move on. <laughs> we definitely do. So Creed Humphrey at 23. Now, is that a pick because you think Creed Humphrey is not going to be there at 34 or you just think there could be a chance and you don't want to risk missing out on Creed Humphrey? I think there could be a chance he could be there at 34 and I could actually see the Jets maybe even trading back from 23 if that's a, if let's just say Vera Tucker or whoever they like um, gets taken before that I can see them maybe trading trading back but I think it's if you like a guy just just take him um, especially at 23 you don't want to play too many games if that's your guy um, now 34 just want to throw a little wrinkle in there been hearing some reports on Travis Etienne the Jets so that's something something I could uh, definitely see happening. Um, I think going another O line with the with thirty four is definitely something that would interest interest me as well. Um, but I definitely want to prioritize offense early on. Yeah. Yeah. Now we move on to ETN at thirty four, and this might spark a world of emotions from people listening to this right now and many people are just so keen on the idea of oh we can find great running backs on day three of the draft like they just yeah everybody knows these running backs are going to be stars at the next level why isn't everybody doing that then I don't know um so what is your idea behind ETN at 34 with obvious needs at cornerback uh, another offensive line position particularly at guard um, pass rusher, maybe another receiver. What, what, why ETN there? What about him is so special? And where, where are you going to fill these other needs by drafting a running back at 34? I think the Jets can find interior offensive line help in the third round. I think you can find a valuable starting um, offensive guard in the third round. I took care of center already, so that's already adding two to, to the offensive line group you know, hopefully. Um, I think wide receiver, I don't think we need to, I don't think we need to add a wide receiver early on. You can maybe take one in the fourth round, a speedster, someone, you know, who can uh, make plays on the offensive side of the ball. Um, that's why I like ETN, he's, you know, he's elusive. He can catch the ball. He's a receiving back. Um, I think he can just be very valuable to this offense. I know you mentioned the trading back at 23, which is an interesting point because to be honest with you, if you trade back and get, I don't know, like who's a team trading up from the end of the first round? Maybe, I don't know, give me a team. Maybe the Chiefs, if they feel like a good offensive tackle is there at 23 and they want to trade, give me an idea. Like maybe a sec, maybe two second round picks. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't personally know who's trading up, but I can see a scenario where if a team offers two second round picks or even whatever, replacing a, a late first and a third or something like that, um, I can definitely see Joe Douglas doing that just to gain another asset um, and get another player into this, into this draft class. Yeah. So, you know, if you have another pick in the second round, yeah, maybe I can see them grabbing Travis Etienne at mm. 34. Um, I don't think it's that ludicrous of an idea. Not like I did maybe a month ago. 
Um, I feel like they definitely want to prioritize surrounding Zach Wilson with playmakers and ETN fits that Shanahan LaFleur offense perfectly. A lot of outside zone running that, and obviously a pass catching back. ETN can do all, all yeah. that on all three downs. So I don't think it's ridiculous. Like Joe Douglas is a very big BPA guy, best player available. If he has a first round grade on ETN and thinks he's a top 20, 25 player, which I personally do, but I don't know if that's going to spark even more emotions. But anyway, yeah, I could see him drafting him at 34. So that's why I don't think it's that ridiculous of an idea, like most listening uh, might. I think it's definitely possible. Yeah. So, so, so Sean, let's hear your start. You can't use Creed Humphrey. You can't use uh, Travis Etienne. It's tough because we don't know who's going to be on the board, right? Well, let's just assume they are. Assume they are. I want Vera Tucker bad. I want him bad. Uh, I don't think he's going to be there, but if he's there and we don't take him, I'll be pretty upset. It's really him or Tevin Jenkins for me, but both of them could very well be off the board. And I think trading back from 23 is definitely a possibility with Douglas if if his guys are off the board and maybe – Caleb Farley falls. You just never know. But I'll say Vera Tucker at 23, and I definitely want to go cornerback with the next pick. Again, who knows who's going to be there. I'll say Greg Newsom. I think he'll – 34? I don't know, man. I'd, people are going to fall, but it's, just, it's, it's such a tough read before the draft. Like, I don't think Vera Tucker is going to be there, but Jenkins or him, they both could very well not be there. Somebody's going to fall, but I'll go with those two. So you're going with Elijah Vera Tucker at 23, Greg Newsom at 34. Yes. Okay, I think there's no shot Greg Newsom's going to be there at 34, dude, with the way the league needs corners. Um, but he could. Listen, I, I'm not uh, – You never know. I, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's pretty hard to hate that, I think. All three of us would probably, for the sake of the exercise, we might have went different ways. But if Eric Tucker's there, man, I feel like you need to sprint that draft car, draft card up to the front podium to get that red. Like, no doubt That's about it. it. My gut says he, he's not going to be there, but I just had to put him down as my pick. My gut is telling me a little bit more now than maybe two weeks ago that he will be there. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but – feel like more teams view him as a guard than a tackle and we've seen guards not go other than Quentin Nelson can you tell me a guard that's gone top 20 in the last five drafts I I feel like you'd have to do some research there like what what did Zach Martin go to the Cowboys and um believe it was what 2014 was that draft like let's look it up you know he was a high-profiled guard so Zach Martin draft he was a Round one, pick 16. Okay, so 16. Oh, wow. Borderline top, you know, yeah. just outside. It's rare for them to go that early, yeah. It's rare for them. And is Vera Tucker, Vera Tucker the prospect Zach Martin was? I, no. I don't Probably think he not. was. So, yeah, this would be a home run pick at 23. The versatility is there. You miss out on signing Joe Tooney this offseason. Guess what? You can draft a guy younger and on his rookie deal that does – pretty much what Joe Tooney does. He offers you that position versatility, play pretty much any position on the offensive line at a high level. He's a mauler. He's good in pass protection. He's agile, checks all the boxes. 
So I agree with you guys there um, 100%. So um, maybe if Newsom isn't there, is there any other corners you would like at 34? Like, for instance, Asante Samuel Jr., um, Eric Stokes, Eric Tyson Stokes. Campbell. Um, give me another guy that at 34. I think those are pretty much the ones. I like Campbell and uh, Samuel, definitely. Tyson Campbell at it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I think Tyson Campbell is a really good fit for the defense we're trying to implement. Exactly. That zone, seat, we're trying to run the Seattle, you know, Tampa 2, cover 3 mm. style of defense, a lot of anticipation, and that's what the billing is on Tyson Campbell. So I, I it's hard for me to hate that. Um, Mr. Lagaris, is there anything you would like to uh, comment with? No, I like Sean's uh, – I like the, the, those three picks. I think if Farrah Tucker's there – I would definitely be all on board with that. Um, I think, yeah, I, I definitely think that a corner could be taken the second round. Um, I'm just not sure who's going to fall. Yeah. Um, to me, my my top three is interesting. I feel like I'm going to get absolutely slammed for it, but I, I don't really care. But obviously, Zach – at 23, if he's there, I'm taking Caleb Farley. I'm sorry. With all the assets we have, another first-round pick next year, a glaring need at corner to play in pretty much any defense. He's so raw, and he's still learning the cornerback position, and he still produced at that high of a level at Virginia Tech. I'm going Caleb Farley. If it misses, it misses. Um, you're going to miss. That's what people need to start understanding. Not all of these players are going to be – great pros it's just how the process goes so if Farley's one of those misses I wouldn't bat an eye I wouldn't blame Joe Douglas for trying so I would go Farley at 23 and at 34 I would like to prioritize the offense um, it's taking every fiber of my DNA I know I can't do it for the exercise not to go with Travis Etienne um, I think that an interior offensive lineman of the following Three guys will be there. I think either Humphrey will be there. I think Landon Dickerson from Alabama will be there. Or Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. So I'm going to go with Landon Dickerson for the sake of the exercise. Um, so those are my first three picks. I think Joe Douglas also likes the position versatility with Dickerson. I know he can play guard along with center. So that's obviously a plus. Maybe we can play McGovern at center this year. Dickerson at guard, let him work his way back from the injury. And then, okay, next year, Cup McGovern, Dickerson, we have our guy. Boom. Sold. So, yeah, it's tough for me not to go weapon at 23. And it's even tougher for me not to even not to go weapon at 34. It's just that much harder. But more, more emphasis on premium positions to me, the offensive line and cornerback. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad. Just the only thing is injury concerns, but – both those players have high ceilings. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I was just going to say exactly what Sean said. Just I saw something that said Lander Dickerson injury history might push him back to late day two, maybe. So Late day two, wow. Damn, man. Now, I, 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 I have a hard time because, dude, he's a, he's a top 20 talent. I feel like that's just the team that really wants him. Like Sean McVay, I know, is picking at the end of the second round. He's probably putting that out there. Because he he wants to snag him, yeah. and then he only he doesn't. What is it? The, what do the Rams have? Like four draft picks this whole year. I know Seattle yeah. only has three, so that's obviously a big need for the Rams. Which a lot of what they do is 
running between the tackles and they need a strong interior offensive line to set up all that play action. So um, that screams to me like a team with not too many draft picks that wants <laughs> a, a premium player in a non-premium position uh, in the draft. Well, I definitely, if Farley and Dickerson, like let's just say those are the picks, if they hit, like that could be a, a, a really, really solid top three of the draft. Dude, I really think Farley is going to be okay. I'm not a medical expert, but the upside is there with both of them. Yeah, definitely. Dude, Farley is going to be a good player. I'm sorry. I, I I'm I'm really confident in him. I really am. So yeah, like um, if you didn't have those concerns, like we, we, we wouldn't be talking. Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't be talking about him. Uh, yeah, which we weren't talking about him at all. Until yeah. when did we start? Maybe two weeks ago mm-hmm. when all these reports came out. So he, he's supposed to be ready for the season. It's not even like you have to sit back and wait for him to come back. I know Dickerson probably won't be ready for the season, but Farley Farley is going to be ready from all reports. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I, I just feel like he's too talented to pass up there for a team that really needs some high-end guys in a desperate way. So I, I can understand where the concern would be with the injuries. Maybe not Dickerson. Um, maybe I would go Davis if I wanted to be a little bit safer. But um, Farley, I'm, I'm not backing down from that one. If he's there, I feel like he has to be your pick at, at 23. With so many other picks and a glaring need at corner. Yeah, sign me up, man. If, if Air Tucker and Farley are both there at 23, who do you, who do you choose? That's tough. I would probably go Vera Tucker, though. I'd probably go Vera Tucker, but the odds of both of them being there at 23, man. Probably very slim, but yeah, just for the sake of the show. <laughs> I think I, I think personally both of them won't be there. Um, to be completely honest with you guys, and maybe you guys could tell me you think otherwise, but I look at Carol, uh, not Carolina, Arizona at 16. That's a team that screams yeah. Caleb Farley to me with such a pass-heavy division. Just lost Patrick Peterson. I know they signed Malcolm Butler, but that's not really a long-term solution to anything. Um, and then you have Tennessee at 22 right before us. I feel like Tennessee is even a threat for Vera Tucker because they're trying to make up for that sin of drafting Isaiah Wilson last year in the first round, yeah. the, who just went absolutely bananas yeah. and who knows where he is right now. Um, or, hey, they cut Adoree Jackson, Malcolm Butler – they need a whole new secondary, essentially, um, on both sides of uh, the cornerback position. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't think either are going to be there. But if we'll one see. of them is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But 34 is just such a crapshoot. I think, believe it or not, um, not even believe it or not, it's definitely true. Talk to us after the first round. We do our show on Thursday night before – night two when we know the players that are on the board I feel like that's when we can actually say with some conviction who we think and who we would like to be the pick because right now we could just be wasting our time all the guys we're talking about might yeah. they all have a shot to go in the first round outside exactly. of maybe Wyatt Davis who I brought up or Tyson Campbell probably isn't a first round pick um Asante Samuel Jr. he could be a first round pick I've seen him mocked in drafts I think mm. Greg Newsom if I was going to the casino and I had some <laughs> draft props I think I would I don't know if I'd put the deed. I like my house and all, but uh, <laughs> I would put a lot of money on Greg Newsom in the first round. So yeah, that's a stock right there that that has went up a considerable amount since the offseason started. But hey, he's another one with those durability issues, though. You know. Yeah. But 
I don't know. I, I respect Chris Sims a lot in this draft process, and I really think he knows what he's talking about. He didn't even have Greg Newsom in his top five corners. Wow. He didn't have J.C. Horn in his top five corners either. If I, if I'm, he had Tyson Campbell as a second rate, uh, second ranked corner though, who you mentioned. Damn. J.C. Horn is probably gonna be the first cornerback taken, yeah. right? No, no. I think Sertan is definitely Sertan? the first quarter, cornerback yeah. taken. Yeah, probably. I Who's think gonna? Sert- what team is going to shake this draft up like, and make some crazy early pick? Because it will happen. Well, do you think Mac Jones is a crazy early pick? Or nah. To me, no. I, I think yeah, Mac no. Jones is ready to go right away. I, I think because Mac Jones – Teams need quarterbacks. No and joke. It's not going to be that shocking if, if he goes top 10. So let, let's say – I'll give you one that would shake up this whole draft. Let's say Carolina drafts Justin Fields to compete with Sam Darnold. Yeah. Wow. I feel so terrible for Sam. I really would. <laughs> I don't think they'll do that to Sam. That would that would be a tough tough luck for him. That's tough business, but at the same time, hey, business is business. Exactly. They didn't Get give up their whole future. Yeah. You'd have to really be kicking yourself if you're Carolina, though. That were the case. So. I think the, I think the Patriots shake up this draft and do something crazy. That's... I can see it. But when have they ever, though? You know what I'm saying, like. I don't know. After after last year, that that Bill and the boys had, he wasn't well, the, too happy on the he wasn't too happy on the sidelines and the free agency had. spending, which they never yeah. had. Exactly. How about? Here's an interesting one. Okay, let's go. Let's say. Let's say Panay Sewell slips to, maybe, eight to the Carolina Panthers. Maybe that maybe that wow. could shake up the whole draft because maybe that could slide Vera Tucker down to twenty three. Because that would push down the Christian Derrissaws, um, Slater, um, Tevin Jenkins, possibly those kind of guys. Maybe that can move Vera Tucker down a little bit. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. So that would kind of impact the Jets a little bit more. Whereas I think the first cornerback taken at ten to the Dallas Cowboys has to be close to a lock, right? For yeah, Dallas going corner at ten, and you figure yeah. ten, and then. Somewhere in between there, I think Farley. One of I think Farley could be there, man. I really do. It's possible. Depends the Eagles. There could be a too. shot. The Eagles are interesting. Uh, we're going to get into some draft rumors um, next, but the Eagles are interesting because apparently our friends over at U Stadium, Nick Spano and company, our you know co-founder Nick Spano, we've had him on many times. Good friend of the show. Um, he came out and said that hey, the Eagles are doing a lot of homework on Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle from Alabama. Maybe that could shake up the whole draft. Nobody's expecting that. They're thinking wide receiver yeah. corner. Yeah. There's always a team that reaches in the first round. It's usually the Raiders, but <laughs> I'm big reach. I feel like that was I'm, like nobody sees coming. Yeah. Yes, and speaking of big reaches, I'm about to get to a report. Um, one of our next rumors is Agent Drew Rosenhaus came out and said this week, or today, as a matter of fact, that many teams have told him that his client, Gregory Rousseau, remember him? They will draft him in the first round. That's the hot rumor going on right now. And um, for everybody listening, we had our good friend on, Connor Livesey, who will be back Monday. We'll get to that more towards the end of the show. He was pretty much the first person I heard of personally that said Rousseau is more of a day three player. And a lot more people seemed to share that sentiment with him as time went on. And now maybe he's back in that first round. I have one destination for him. 
that I could see in the first round. And I think maybe the Jets. He's definitely – he fits that – he he definitely fits the mold. Long, lanky, athletic. How about the New York Giants at number 11 overall? That would shake up the draft. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the kind of shake-up I'm talking about. That's, that's a good one. How about the Giants? Yeah, the Raiders are, are notorious shaker-uppers. Um, is there anyone from Clemson? Maybe Amari Rodgers in the first round, I can say. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a shake-up. Anybody from Clemson? We know John Gruden and Mike Mayock are um, essentially in bed with Clemson every year. <laughs> it's, it's somebody from Clemson. Somebody from Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, one of the big – Yeah, when Damon Arnett went in the first round last year, I was yeah. scratching my head. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like a guy like Asante <laughs> Samuel, he he could be a first-round yeah. pick for um, all we know. How about an interesting team to watch in this draft to me is the Miami Dolphins with two first-round picks. I know they're talking about maybe trading back again from six. If you're Miami, you could very well start this draft with either the best overall offensive player in Kyle Pitts, or if you don't get him at six, you could start with the best receiver, Jamar Chase. And then you could take one of those running backs like Najee Harris, Travis Etienne at 18. And that to me is just, if you're Tua, you are out of excuses there. You could really put some playmakers around Tua there. They do it correctly. Yeah, the Dolphins in a really good spot. Yeah, if, if I were them, I would, I would stay at those two picks. I don't think you're – if you can end up with Kyle Pitts and a Najee Harris or any four of those, you know, combinations, that's, that's a pretty – Pretty solid top two there. To me, what was interesting was how San Francisco traded up to three, which would probably be a little bit more expensive than four. I get it. Miami still could have traded back. But if the consensus top three quarterbacks this draft were um, Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones wasn't really on there, maybe Mac Jones is higher in – the league circles than he is on the fan circles. Um, maybe that, but you know, it's interesting that Atlanta is still sitting at four and they did not trade back. If you're not taking a quarterback, Denver Broncos, do you want to trade up? New Patriots I feel like if you're, I get a Kyle Pitts as a generational player, but if somebody comes up here and says, Hey, here's three first round picks. I feel like you have to trade out if you're the Atlanta Falcons. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, for sure. Also taking quarterback. They could end up with Justin Fields or, or Carolina, but I see them going pits. I see them just keeping the pick. Keeping the pick, going with pits. Four quarterbacks in a row to start off the draft. Wow. That would be a documentary waiting to yeah. happen. <laughs> Hopefully we, we got the right guy there. And we are uh, we're crossing our fingers for sure, everybody. And this will be – a uh, very pivotal and long week of waiting for Jets football leading up to the draft on Thursday. That's going to do it for tonight. Um, a little bit of scheduling to go over. Monday, the long-awaited return of our good friend Connor Livesey joins us to break down his NFL draft guide that should be out. We're recording this on Wednesday night. It should be out tonight at some point, definitely before Monday. So we will have him on to go over all that. Might be back, who knows, with a little bit of bold predictions after that. If not, don't worry. You will get plenty of dosage of the Jets Way podcast next week. We will be reacting on Thursday night to the Jets' first round. And also on Friday night, 
rounds two and three. We will be here breaking it all down. The good, hopefully not the bad, all the above. And then on Saturday or Sunday, just that weekend, um, that's kind of in pencil, but it will be in pen soon. We will break down the entire draft, including day three of that weekend. And I am very excited. This is this is what we do this podcast for. This is why we started originally, Sean. And exactly. I can't wait. I can't so, wait either. So everybody get some rest. We have a long week ahead of us next week. And while you do that, leave a five-star review for the Jets Way podcast. We definitely appreciate all of the listener love, all you guys interacting with us on Twitter. If you don't follow us on Twitter, go ahead and do so at Jets Way Podcast. And we love hearing all forms of takes, opinions, thoughts, you name it. Good, bad. We love it all. My guys, talk next week. Great show. As always, go Jets. Jets.